WDYC. Western District Youth Corps is more than just a sight-seeing pleasure trip. And I can probably turn and ask these, these fine, fine young people up here this morning if that's the case. And I'm sure they will say yes. The WDYC, Western District Youth Corps, is a group of dedicated young people who have gone the second mile, who have gone beyond the borders of great United States of America, to spread this beautiful message of salvation to another people, to another land. WDYC is, is outreach. But instead of me telling you what WDYC stands for and, and how it has radically changed young people and how it has made an impact on lives, I would like you to hear it for yourself from some people that have, have been an active part of WDYC. And first of all, who would I like to come to this podium 
would be our district conqueror secretary, Brother Galen Antrell. I'd like for him to come, and I'd just like for him to share for a few moments how WDYC has affected his life, how it's been an impact on him, if it has. Brother Cantrell. Thank you, Brother Dominguez. At the age of 17, I heard the news that WDYC was going to the Philippines, and I approached my father about the possibility of going on the trip that particular year. That was by far the most exciting endeavor that I had ever embarked upon. I had never ridden in a jet airplane before, and especially had never gone to a foreign country other than Canada or Mexico. And so when the application was finally in and had been accepted, I waited with great anticipation for the day that we would depart. Now, everything about the trip was new. It was exciting. When we landed in Manila, I'll never forget walking out and seeing the guards with their machine guns because it was a martial law uh, country and realizing all of a sudden I am not in the United States of America for the first time in my life. And we boarded the, the bus and friend of mine, it seemed more like a roller coaster uh, ride than it did a bus. I, I just could not believe the way the, the, the guy drove downtown Manila to the first service. And I could spend literally probably the, the most, most of this hour telling you about the trip. But I just want to withdraw one, one event, one aspect of that, that excursion that made a profound impact on my life. Aside from the fact that I made friends that have been friends ever since. In fact, uh, there's one in particular that I met there that has become a very close friend of mine. We've even served on the youth committee together since that time. But aside from all of that, there was one place in particular that really sticks out in my mind this morning. We left Cebu City on a prop airplane and the pilot came on the intercom and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, we are on, on our way en route to General Santos City on the island of Mindanao. Now, I didn't know what to expect, but when he said we will be landing on a gravel runway, it kind of gave me a, an indication of what we were in for. So when we landed on that gravel runway, finally breathed a sigh of relief, the jeepneys were there to pick us up. And it was hot, it was humid, and they, they uh, took us through the countryside and, and it was just a massive uh, plantation all around us of pineapples and uh, the Dole Pineapple Plantation has some of its largest crops there in that area. And we finally got to General Santos City. The police were there waiting for us, not to take us into custody, but they were there with a parade. The, the police was there. The citizens of the city had been notified that there was a group of Americans that were coming and they had given us the tag of singing Americans because there was a corral that was uh, formed with the WDYC group. And uh, so we rolled into town uh, on the jeepneys and the police escorted us all the way through town and uh, even some of the ladies, uh, the, they, they asked them to get out and, and uh, ride on the uh, on the motorcycles side saddle 
And I mean the streets were lined with people on both sides. And we were up on top of the jeepneys. I felt like, you know, I was a politician going down Main Street somewhere. We were waving and we had tracks and we were throwing them out. And the kids were literally running in the street and fighting over the tracks. I could not believe that people were actually fighting over tracks. And, and uh, there was a, a great uh, parade that went through the city and the announcement went forth that there was a crusade that was in town. And then we checked into the finest hotel in the city, the Matutum Hotel. And we walked in. I walked into my room and the first thing I recognized, there was a big crack in the wall. And uh, they told me that um, you don't drink the water and there's only electricity for a certain length of time every day. But you know... By that time, we were just having such a great time and the enthusiasm and excitement of what was happening was by far exceeding the inconveniences that we were experiencing. I'll never forget the first night of the Crusade rally. They had assembled a, a sort of a, a drum set, the best that they could find for me to play. And, and I was playing the drums and we were singing. And I, I mean, people literally by the thousands came from, I didn't, I didn't realize there was even that many people there. They came from everywhere. We were in a park, open air setting type of situation, and they just literally began to come from everywhere. And I looked out over a sea of people. I don't know how many were there, probably 5,000 or so at least. A sea of people that were there that evening as we began to pray and worship and sing like Pentecostals can. And then the altar service. I remember the old lady, she came up to the front. And there I was, just a 17-year-old young man. We were praying around the altar. And one of the, the native ministers, they came to, uh, I believe it was Brother John McDonald, and they said, this lady is deaf. And she has never been able to hear. And... We began, and they, they brought her to be prayed for. We gathered around her, and it was just a bunch of us teenage boys. I mean, we're not talking, you know, somebody with a lot of experience, not a seasoned minister by any stretch of the imagination. It was just some of us teenage boys. We gathered around that lady that I would estimate to be in her 70s. We began to pray for her. I remember feeling the anointing of the Holy Ghost as we begin to pray for her, all of a sudden, she began to shake her head like this and literally bang on the side of her head like this. And, and she, she was telling, in, in her Messiah language, she was telling uh, some of the people that was there, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. She was hollering, it hurts. And it, the Lord restored her hearing and healed her right in front of my eyes. Now, listen, folks, I had been raised in Pentecost all of my life. The Lord had healed me as a child uh, while I was sick. I knew that God could heal. But, you know, there's something about being involved in evangelism and being a part of the work of God. I tell you, I felt about that time, I felt like the Apostle Paul. I was ready to tackle every devil. I was ready to tackle every demon. I was so fired up and charged up, that made a profound impact on my life. If I had ever doubted the power of God to use a teenager, 
I had not, I was not doubting it then because I was seeing the power of God displayed before my very eyes. I will never forget the trip, 1978, to the Philippines, WDYC. There was something about experiencing the power of God in a culture that was different from my own, where people were hungry for the Word of God. WDYC, you need to try it. It'll make a lasting impact on your life. Thank you, Brother Cancel. Amen. Our life is, is just a series of experiences. And so our experiences in a life that make us what we are today. WDYC is an experience. Amen. If you're looking for something that will do something to you, you ought to try WDYC. Amen. I want to ask someone else to say a little something, then sing. I want to ask my wife, Mr. Dominguez, if, if she will say something. This young lady is very shy, and uh, she'd rather just sing. But I've asked her to say, say something before she, she does sing. Sister Dominguez. Um, when my husband um, asked me to say something about when I went on uh, WDYC, I got out my photo album, and uh, I went to the Philippines also, but I went in 1984, and I was 17. And um, I, I grew up in a church that my dad was a home missions pastor. Um, I had no one my age in the church except for my brothers. So I was always wanting to go somewhere. And um, when I was old enough to go to, on WDYC, I raised my money, and um, I went. And as I was looking through the album, I saw a couple pictures that brought some good memories back. And one of those pictures was of these. We went to a, a barrio out, outside of uh, Manila. And it was, we split up in different groups. And our group, I think, had two girls and three guys, I think, in, in it. And we went... And there was this little boy that followed me around the whole night, and I and he'd look at me and he'd just give me the biggest smile, and he'd come up and he'd hold my hand, and and he'd come up and he'd just look in my face and he'd just smile, and I thought, that's you know, it was cute, but I didn't know why, why, and and he he'd talk and I I didn't understand him, and um, pretty soon his mom came up to me and she could speak a little English and she said he's really fascinated with your whatever you have on your teeth, and I had braces. On. And and he he would just smile. He was wanting me to smile back at him so he could see him. And and the little things like that they stick out to you. I mean, he just it was just like he he wanted to be around me. I was different, you know. And um, just all kinds of different experiences. But another I saw another picture and and it brought a different kind of um, emotion back. And that was. Two, two men down in the altar and they were raising their hands and they had big shining smiles on their faces and what they were what they were are jeepney drivers and they had just drove us around town and stuff and they weren't in church and uh, some, a couple of the boys and, and the ministers got to witnessing to him and to them and they came to service one night and they both received the Holy Ghost and their their faces were just lit up with a shine and I remember going down to Davao City and um, we had what they call the Victory March. It was a march around the city. And it was their first march, and they were planning on doing it seven times, like the children of Israel did around the walls of Jericho. And we were walking, and they were, had this huge banner out in front of us, and it was the whole, church, the whole church plus the youth corps. And we sang as we walked, and we passed out tracks. And for the first time in my life, I had not one person refuse to take a track from me. And it was, it was just like they were so hungry. I mean, they were coming up to see what you had. 
And it was it was an experience I'll never forget. We went to two days in Hong Kong, and and that was an experience I would never forget. Um, WDYC was one of the most memorable experiences that I had as a teenager. It's something that touched my life. I saw people that that were so hungry they would stay in the um, altars for hours, sweat running off them. It was hot. I mean, and they didn't care. I mean, they did not care. They wanted the Holy Ghost. And it was it was wonderful. Um, they tried to keep count of how many received the Holy Ghost while we were over there. And um, over 750 got the Holy Ghost in 10 days while we were there. It was it was it was just something that was it was awesome experience. And I love him. Worship with me as I sing. Yeah. 
Amen. Thank you, Sister Yvonne, Sister Dominguez. We're going we're gonna to sing a song. I say we. I, you might not know this, but uh, if we were somewhere in Mexico or in Central America and parts of South America, we would sing something like this. Now, hit me a key. I wasn't going to do this. It's not part of the agenda. But seeing as we're talking about missions, we might as well do a little something that's missionary. What do you say? No adios tan grande como tú. No, no hay. No, no hay. No adios tan grande como tú. No, no hay. No, no hay. No adios que pueda hacer las obras. Como las que haces tú, no a Dios que pueda hacer las obras, como las que haces tú, ven con espada, ven con ejército, mas con su santo espíritu, ven con espada, ven con ejército, mas con su santo espíritu. Ay, este monte se moverá, ay, este monte se moverá, ay, este monte se moverá, con su santo espíritu. Amen. This time I'm going to sing it in Portuguese. Whether you knew this or not, maybe this is just a point of interest to you, but there are more Portuguese-speaking people in South America than there are Spanish. And that has to do, and is due to the fact that Brazil is a large nation, and they speak Portuguese. But in Portuguese, it sounds like this, close but different. No adeus, tão grande como tu. No, no, a, No, no, a, No adeus, tão grande como tu. Oh, no, no, a. No, no, ah, no há Deus que for fazer as obras como as que fazes tu. No há Deus que for fazer as obras como as que fazes tu. Vem com espada, vem com exército, mas com seu santo espírito. Vem com espada, vem com exército, mas com seu santo espírito. A este monte se moverá, a este monte se moverá, a este monte se moverá, com seu santo espírito. Well, there's no God as great as our God. No, not one. Oh, no, not one. Oh, there's no God as great as our God. Oh, no, not one. Oh, no, not one. There's no God that can do what our God can. Oh, no, not one. Oh, no, not one. Oh, there's no God that can do what our God can. No, not one. No, not one. It's not by might, nor yet by power, but by my spirit of the Lord. It's not by might, nor yet by power, but by the spirit of the 
Praise God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ commissioned his disciples, his the apostles, with these words, and he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. To be a witness. My God, he, he did something to my heart last night. That's exactly what WGYC is all about, to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. Just got to tell somebody. Everywhere you go, tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. The heartbeat of WDYC is soul. Evangelism. Amen. And outreach to reach a lost and dying world. What it is, is a group of young people who have committed themselves to do a part in fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ. Saying, sign me up. I want to go somewhere and tell somebody about Jesus. It doesn't make any difference the language they speak or the color of their skin or how they spell their last name. Just let me tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is what WDIC represents. And we want to be a part of that. Amen. And these young people here this morning have been a part of WGYC one time or another. And at this time, we want Sister Annette Herrick to come up and just tell us how it has affected her life. God bless Sister Annette. I've had the opportunity to my life. I left the plane in Africa. It was like one in the morning. There was about 300 people that had driven an hour to get to the airport to greet us, and they worshiped God. The place was completely torn apart in that airport, and we drove back. And the first day they let us go out to pass out tracks. I had never, I had never been on street services. I had never really done very much. And I was quite shocked that people fought for the tracks. People held onto my arms and begged me to pray for them. I didn't even think I knew really how to pray for them. There were so many people. They were lined up. I thought I would go down about two blocks and pray for as many people as I could. I didn't get past a half a block. They were holding onto my arms. I'd take a step and there would be a little boy holding on to me. Every step I took, he held on and he says, you have to pray for me. There was grown men and women that would fall down on their knees and said, you have to pray for me. I need the Holy Ghost. And they received the Holy Ghost. So I watched a little boy that had never walked, walk. I watched blind eyes be opened, deaf ears open. It was all in the name of Jesus. One night I was so tired from the crusade, I was completely exhausted. And I started to walk back to my room, and I said, God, I, if I could just make it to my room and just fall on my bed. And there was a bunch of people that grabbed me, and they lined up to be prayed for, and I had no strength left. And I just went down them, and I said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I was so amazed to turn around and watch them being healed, shouting, I'm healed, I'm healed. Shouting and speaking in tongues. All I said was Jesus' name, but they didn't need a long prayer. They needed a touch of the Master. And if you're willing to go, it'll change your life. You'll never be the same. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of enjoyment. But when you actually see God work through you like that, when you have nothing to give, when you have no talents, when you're worn out, but it's Jesus they need, and you just bring in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My name is Jonathan Mullings, and I'm from here in Bakersfield. And
And I attended Youth Corps last summer, last June. We went to Jamaica. And if you're waiting for the end-time revival, it is happening right now. Just because we may not in our local facilities or in our local towns be have, having a great revival, it's happening. Don't, don't wait for something great. We, we have this concept that the United States of America is where God's church is. We're wrong. God has a church all around the world, and there's revival happening. And whether you want to be a part of it or not is up to you. Um, I was just thinking yesterday, trying to think of something to say today, and I was just thinking a lot of times as young people, I think the majority of the crowd here today is young people, and a lot of times as young people we underestimate ourselves. We think that, you know, when I get older I'll do something great for God and I'll be used of Him and you know maybe be a preacher or a evangelist or a pastor or something like that. And we kind of focus, and we put a lot of emphasis on the Scripture, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But the question is, are we willing? Will we go out and get the initiative to do something about it, rather than just saying, well, I can do all things through Christ. We, we tend to say that and then not act on it. And we forget that Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And that's kind of what youth for is. It is a self-denial, because they're... By the end of the 10 days, I was tired, we were hot, sweaty, we were just wore out. But there's something about doing something for God. There's something about being involved that it doesn't matter whether you're hot, sticky, tired, um, it's worth it. Um, I was going to tell Brother Galen, wherever he went, I think the bus driver that was in the Philippines with him must have moved to Jamaica because I think we had the same bus driver. It was wild. Um, one inst- I'll let you know one instance, um, we were going to service one night. And we were going up a mountain road. It was about an hour, hour's drive, something like that. And, and I mean, this road is looks like it's big enough for maybe one and a half cars. And we drive up on the back of another car. And I was kind of surprised whenever the bus driver pulled out to pass him on a curve. And he pulled out, and I think everybody in the bus, I mean, was holding their breath because they knew that you know you don't do that kind of thing in America because usually there's a car coming around the other side. And there was a car coming around the other side. <laughs> and so all he could do was get back in the other lane. But the problem was the car was still there in the other lane. And so he pulled over, knocked the other car off the road, and everybody everybody in the bus was kind of like, oh, my word. You know, so the bus driver pulls off the road about a quarter of a mile ahead, gets out, comes back to the back of his bumper, and starts checking his bumper out. And he jumps back in the tram after little, or the bus after a little bit and said, oh, it's all right. There's, no, there's not very many dents or anything. Drove off. And there was the car back in the ditch. I guess you don't, there's no insurance or car repair back there. It's just, you know, it's your machine. So that was different. Um, but that's not, I mean, that's one of the exciting times. But we had a great time. You are the minister. You don't, you're not, I mean, the, the leader is there just taking you places where you are to minister. It's not your, you're not the secondhand um, person that just kind of sits in the background. You are the minister. Um, I Brother Branquist, I don't know if you could say it was preaching, but he allowed me to speak at the one of the churches. It was, I believe it was District Superintendent of Jamaica. I'm not sure which. But he allowed me to speak there, and that was the first time that I had, had felt the call in my life to do something for God. I did not know what he wanted me to do or how he wanted me to do it. But he, Brother Branquist allowed me to get up there, and it wasn't any profound preaching or statements. It was just the Word of God, and that's all they're hungry for. They're not like us. They don't have to have... Um, people that can um, work their language in order to impress us and put together a masterpiece of a sermon in order to thrill our hearts. They just, they're just hungry for the Word of God. And I just simply preach to them that God is big enough. Whatever 
situation. God is big enough. And the people just, I mean, they came, they just kept coming out of the audience, you know, and it was, it was such a good feeling to me to know that I didn't have to be some profound general conference speaker in order to tell the truth to someone. And since that time, it's given me confidence because I knew, like I said earlier, I can do all things by Christ. We can all do all things through Christ which strengthens us. But it's just taking the authority of His name and putting it into action. And since then, I have, I've begun teaching our our youth group, our Sunday school, and it, it gave me the confidence to realize that I may not have the most profound and exciting things to say, but if I can somehow get a grasp on truth, that no matter what, even though I may not get a great response out of someone, I may not get them shouting in the aisle, but if I give them the truth, they can never say that they haven't heard the truth. Even though it may not be something profound, it's just the opportunity to give them something they can know the truth. And so I would encourage you, I mean, like I said earlier, the majority of this group is young people. And if there's any way possible, I would strongly suggest you to try you for because um, we've got to reach out of ourselves. We've got to give out of ourselves. And a lot of times, like I said, we underestimate our youth. But that's the greatest time of our life. We, we've got strength, we've got power, we've got energy. And if we'll just put it in the right channels, there is no telling what God can do. I appreciate the theme of the convention, We Declare War. And if you remember the last World War, World War II, after we won this war, after we won that war, if you remember what happened in the years following, there was a great baby boom. And if we will win the war on Satan, and we will not just declare war, but if we'll win it, we're going to have a bunch of new babies for Christ. God bless you. and I attend Birch Redland after the wellness. And I remember three years ago that I myself was sitting over there, those feet, and I was just like you listening to youth corps members get up and testify of their experiences and how it had changed their lives. And I remember I went home and the mom picked me up. I stayed overnight and I said, Mom, you know, I went to the service and they were talking about youth corps and I really feel that God wants me to go. So I prayed about it. My mom looked at me and she started crying. She goes, Lee, I've been praying that God would direct you to do something like this. And God's answered my prayer. And I'd like to thank God because I've had the opportunity for two years to go on youth corps and I consider it such a privilege to go out and spread the gospel to other people in other lands. And there's quite a few good experiences that God has given me through this. Um, I remember, like Sister Dominguez was stating earlier, I have never gone out and passed tracks where someone would not slam a door in my face. I remember always going out and someone saying, oh, no, thank you. We have, you know, we go to church somewhere else or we just don't want to hear it. And I remember me and a couple other girls that are here on this podium, we went out and passed tracks. And there was not one person that turned us away. They are so hungry to hear anything we have to say, just to have us talk to them and take our time and give it to them and tell them what Jesus has for them, to tell them that he loves them. WDYC is the opportunity to let others see Jesus, to take that out to them and declare it to them. They're hungry. They're going to accept it. Right now, this year, they're planning on going to El Salvador. And from what I've heard, El Salvador is in the midst of a great revival. So the harvest is ready. The fields are full right now in El Salvador. They're looking for reapers. And uh, we need people who are willing to go out there and do that work. God not only um, shows us that we can be a blessing there, but also when I came back from my trip, the place of my employment, does a newsletter every three months. And they did an article on my trip to Jamaica. And I have talked to people at work and um, testified to them and witnessed to them. And no one ever really showed any interest. 
And when they saw the article when it came out, I had so many people just coming up to me, people I'd never even spoken to and didn't know their names, saying, hey, tell us about your trip. You know, we want to know what happened. And it would open such a door for me to talk to these people at my own job. God really moves and he works overseas and here. It gives an opportunity for us to minister as young people. It's so important for us to learn in our own lives that God has designed for us to be the leaders of this movement. We're not just going to sit in these pews forever. We've got to wake up and realize that we are the leaders of tomorrow in this organization. And we need to take a step out and realize that we need to start building towards that goal. We need to reach out towards that goal. Like I said, please really consider there's a field out there that's ripe for harvest, and we need the reapers. There is such an awesome, powerful feeling in this building today. I love the Lord so much, and I thank Him for all the opportunities He's given me. I've been on three youth corps trips. I went to the Caribbean, to six different islands. went to London and Wales. And this last summer, I went to Jamaica. God is doing great things all over this world. It's so exciting. And there are fun things to remember. There are things like getting on a bus that only seats 35 people and cramming 40 people in all of their two pieces of luggage each in the bus and then getting knocking the car off the road and all the luggage toppling over and so forth. And it's really exciting. It's fun. It's, yeah, sign me up. What is so neat about it is that, like they said, people are so hungry for what you have to say. They, they're they just interested. I mean, around here, I, I mean, there's a lot of people around here that are hungry for the Lord too, but they're not as receptive, and it'll change your life if you go to one of these third world countries. People are just begging you to tell them about Jesus. And besides that, you meet so many neat people, and all these people up here, and those of you that wouldn't come up if you're out there <laughs> trying to hide, there was 40 of us that went, so I know that some more of you are out there. That you get so close, and there's just something there that you always have the rest of your life, and these people are so close. And um, It was a long flight, and we, we flew into New York, coming back. We flew from New York to San Francisco. We got to San Francisco, and Sister Sherry and myself drove back to Sacramento, so by the time we got there, it was like 3 in the morning, and um, from, from 3 to 5, I had time to pack, take a shower, do my laundry, and leave because I had to be leaving on a flight at 7, Sacramento to Indianapolis. So I was going to be up like two whole two whole nights. And I uh, got home and um, told Sherry bye and um, went in the house, did what I had to do. My mom helped me fold my clothes and, and pack, and um, we got in the car to go to the airport. And a drunk driver hit us, and it killed my mother instantly. And I wanted to tell you that because the last few minutes I spent with my mother, I was telling her about my trip to Jamaica. She wanted me to go. She wanted to hear about it. That's why she got up and went to the airport with us so I could tell her about this trip. You never know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And I'm so thankful the last few minutes I spent with her, I got to tell her what I was doing for the Lord and what God was doing all around the world. God is so good. And when, when I needed some friends, you people loved me, and they cared about me. And all of you have been so kind and so helpful, and I appreciate all of your prayers. You know, it'll change your life when you go through something like that. It'll give you more compassion. You think you've got compassion. You think you have love for other people. But until something like that hits you, you don't even know what compassion is. I tell you, folks, this is the end times and what we're going to do for God. We need to do it now. 
We're not guaranteed another breath. I was supposed to be sitting where my mom was sitting, and I would not be here talking to you today if I would have been sitting there. God knows what he's doing, and he has been so good to us through all this. I want to sing a song this morning that talks about commitment. If you haven't made a commitment to do something for God this year, I want you to make it today. And if you're even thinking a little bit about going on youth course, let God talk to you. You know there's a saying, what's the difference between a chicken and a pig when you're having ham and eggs for breakfast? <laughs> the chicken is a participant. The pig is committed. <laughs> he is committed. And this morning we need some committed people. Don't just be a participator. Don't just sit around and just kind of, you know, well, I'll sing in song service. I'll, you know, do this or that. You've got to be committed. It takes more than just standing around on the sidelines. And don't feel like it couldn't happen to you because God has provided every time He has provided the money for me. I have not had the money. I'm not a rich person. Every time that God has told me to go on a youth court trip, He has provided. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And if He wants you to go, He will make a way. Do you believe that this morning? Totally committed.